Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. concerns the same question, the servant problem. There are all kinds of servants, loyal, disloyal, honest, dishonest, pleasant, and unpleasant. However, I doubt if there was ever a servant who was quite such a problem to her mistress as Kate Webster. Now, in olden times, when a servant left for employment, there was always a suspicion that she packed in her box more than she brought with her. In the case of Kate Webster, that was certainly true, for in her box she took with her the body of her mistress. You're right. It's a case of murder. To begin our story, we will pay a visit to a world-famous exhibition which as yet has not appeared in this series of programs. I refer to Madame Tussauds in the Chamber of Horrors. Occupying the basement of the famous Madame Tussauds building off Baker Street, the Chamber of Horrors is a waxworks exhibition of some of the infamous criminals of the past. We pay our admission price, two and sixpence. It used to be only a shilling, but horror, like everything else, is suffering from inflation. And down we go. Off on the left as we go in, is the effigy of a tall, gaunt woman dressed in the period of 1880. She wears a black coat, and round her neck is a thin fur tippet. Her black hair is drawn back severely from her stern face. Her whole appearance is grim and threatening. I'm sure if she'd come to me for a job, I would have thought twice about engaging her. And yet on that January morning in 1879, Mrs. Martha Thomas must have thought differently when she answered the door at Mayfield Cottage, Richmond, and met for the first time Kate Webster. Good morning, ma'am. Oh, well. 
I'm Miss Webster, ma'am. Miss Lotus said she told you about me. Oh, oh, yes, that's right. I happened to mention to her that I was looking for a servant, and, and she mentioned your name. I forget it now. Webster. Great Webster, ma'am. I've done some charging to Miss Lotus, and I'm looking for a regular job. She told me you'd be wanting a general service. Well, I do really need someone. Of course, I'm not sure that I'm strong, ma'am, and very willing. Well, I'm usually in the habit of, of making careful inquiries. Still, you say that Miss Loder thinks you... That's right, ma'am. I can start right away. It's really difficult to make up my mind. You don't alarm me, ma'am. Well, well, there'd be no harm in giving you a trial. After all, I am a rather a fix. You'd be prepared to uh, sleep in, of course. Yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, I brought my box with me. Just outside. You must have been very sure of getting the situation. I usually get no way, ma'am. Well, you, you'd better bring your box inside. Is it very heavy? No, ma'am. Not very heavy. Just a few clothes. Plenty of room inside. examine the previous history of Miss Webster. It isn't, I'm afraid, a very edifying story. Born in Ireland, she was sentenced to a term of imprisonment for thieving at an early age. When she came out of prison, she went to England and soon perfected a system of robbery which was to be her principal livelihood for some years to come. Her method was to call at boarding or lodging houses in quest for a room. If the opportunity occurred, she would steal anything she could without engaging the room. Failing that, she would take the room and then disappear, having robbed either her fellow tenants or her landlady. By the time she was 28, she was serving a sentence of four years' penal servitude. No sooner out of prison than she was up to her old tricks, and yet with all this, she never seemed to fail to attract the confidence of innocent people. So, in 1879, we find her living at Richmond among unsuspecting friends. Her new employer, Mrs. Thomas, was regarded in the neighborhood as distinctly eccentric. She wore a good deal of jewellery and posed as being much better off than she really was. Twice married, but widowed, she lived on her own until she engaged Kate Webster. And so we find these two living under one roof. Mrs. Thomas, prim, genteel, a little nervous. Kate Webster, clever, cunning, and evil. Kate? Kate? Oh, Kate, I'm coming, I can't believe it. What's your bonk? Uh, Kate, I don't want to speak to you again about the manner in which you address me. Uh, Kindly have a care. All right. What do you want, Mr. Jones? Clean the steps. I did them yesterday. And you will do them again today. What about them? I think I've just heard about a lot of people. Perhaps it will be good. It's almost at the end of the day. I assure you. know what you're doing. Why? Why, yes, of course I do. You're sure you've made up your mind. Why? Why, yes, Kate. That is, unless you're going to improve yourself, I, I don't want to be difficult. No, Mrs. Thomas didn't want to be difficult. But there was a look in Kate Webster's eye which had terrified sterner women than Mrs. Thomas. Determined to get rid of her servant, Mrs. Thomas was terrified of offending her. Even now that Kate was under notice, Mrs. Thomas was frightened of living in the same house with her. In a matter of weeks, the servant had begun to dominate her mistress. Well, uh, I'm afraid you'll think I'm very silly, Vicar, but, but you're the only person I can turn to. Now, Mrs. Thomas, I really think you are making a mountain out of a molehill. 
After all, what do you know against this woman? No, nothing. I, I haven't any weapons, I admit, but it's just that, that now I've been in the same house with her for these weeks, I, I can't help feeling that there's something wrong with her. She's... she's wicked. Has she stolen something from you or, or done anything positively wrong? No. And uh, you've given her notice? Yes, that's because she's rude. Well, then, there's nothing to worry about. You can leave at the end of the month. And what you told me, you'll be well rid of her. Of course, she had done something wrong. Well, it would be different, but as I said before, Mr. Thomas, I had nothing out of a mole Yes, but, but I must say I'm nervous. Have faith, Mrs. Thomas. Have faith. I'm sure you did. And so, back to Mayfield Cottage went nervous little Mrs. Thomas. The usual arrangement was for Kate to have Sunday afternoon off. And the following weekend, Mrs. Thomas went as usual to Sunday morning service. When she returned to Mayfield Cottage, Kate was out. She must have spent an afternoon drinking because she didn't get back until late. Mrs. Thomas, who didn't like having the house left unattended, had, despite her fears, become quite impatient and annoyed when eventually Kate did return. Oh, there you are, Kate. Oh, Nancy, you've been. You know I can't go to church until you get back. It really is too bad of you. What's the matter with you? I've had more than enough of your insolence. I give you the afternoon off, and how do you repay this? By coming home late. And if I'm not mistaken, intoxicated. <laughs> and I've had enough of you. Hey, silly old woman. You don't think you can sell me off? Well, you're scared to death and fun like this, I wonder if I don't give you what's coming to you. It's all right. I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to my room. And you're going to leave in the morning. Have another night where you spend in this house. You awful person. Now, where are you going? To church. When she arrived at church that evening, Mrs. Thomas's friends noticed how agitated she appeared to be. She didn't sit in her usual seat near the pulpit, but on that particular night, she chose a pew close to the door. Probably her thoughts were not on what the preacher was saying. And this evening, I am taking the text of my sermon, the story of a faithful servant. As Why, you're scared to death and frightened, little. The one who won't give you what's coming to you. I am going to pass. Now comes one of the strangest and most terrifying aspects of the case. Although Mrs. Thomas was almost paralyzed with fear, she actually went back to the house, went back to Kate, without even asking a friend to accompany her. You know the simile of the rabbit and the snake? Well, that's the only explanation I can give for her action. Perhaps Kate, when she originally came to the house, had not intended to murder Mrs. Thomas, but by the evening of that awful Sunday night, her mind was made up. Passers-by noticed that the gaslight in the hall was lit, Kate thought that a darkened house might scare Mrs. Thomas away. And by now, Kate was using all her evil cunning to attack back the fly to the spider's web. Kate, Kate, 
Kate Webster. Now let us leave the murderess and cross over to the other side of the street to learn the story of the case as it affected Scotland Yard. It is now two days later. Henry Winkley, a coal porter living at Motley, is driving his cart along the banks of the Thames. Just before reaching Barnes Bridge, he catches sight of an object lying half in and half out of the mud of the Thames. to the piece of barns. At first it was thought that the box contained a butcher's meat, but examination by the doctor revealed a more horrifying truth. Some of the newspapers of the day attributed the discovery to a hoax perpetrated by medical students. The police, however, thought otherwise. The person who did this had no knowledge of anatomy. The body has been mostly chopped up. No, this is no medical joke. But how in heaven's name we're going to identify the body, I don't know. For over a fortnight, the case rested. There was no way of identifying the human remains with any degree of certainty. And then, as nearly always, the criminal made a fatal slip. Inspector Pierman, the officer in charge of Richmond Police Station, received a visit from a Mr. John Church. Good evening, Inspector. Uh, what can I do for you, Mr. Church? Well, it's my case, Inspector. Of course, there may be nothing in this, but... Uh... Frankly, I felt a bit suspicious. And I thought the best thing was to go to the, see the police. Yes, very wise, Mr. Church. Now, let's hear your story. Well, as I expect you know, I'm the proprietor of the Royal Hill Sun, the pub in Royal Gardens. About a week ago, two customers of mine, Mr. and Mrs. Porter and their son William, came into the saloon for a drink. 
So Edward and the lady for Mrs. Thomas. She was rather a hard-looking woman, but quite well-spoken. So we got to talking of one thing and another, and this Mrs. Thomas tells me she's giving up her house and that she wants to sell the furniture. She's very nice about the whole thing, and polite indeed. Yes, I've decided to move. You know, I won't get tired of the place. If you get a good offer for the furniture, I'll sell it tomorrow. Well, of course, it all depends on the furniture. And if you're interested, why don't you come and have a look at it? Hold on a minute. I haven't said I want to buy it. Well, there's no harm in having a look, is there? Why don't you come? Well, maybe I will. I went down to Mayfield Cottage in Richmond. That's her house. Nice little place. She opened the door to me and showed me around the house. Very nice of you to come around. Come into the parlour first. Oh, thank you very much. Hmm. Very nice too. Hmm, I'm glad you like it. You see, I'm getting ready to go. I've got all the papers ready. Come into the dining room now. Who's his ex-office? Oh, that. Mr. Thomas, my like husband. When did he die? Several years ago. Natural death, I hope. Oh, yes. Most natural. What made you ask? Oh, I don't know. I was reading about that box they found in the Thames last week. Those newspapers. Can't believe a word they say. Like the furniture. Yes, very nice. Rather depends on how much you want. Yeah, we won't quibble. Well, let's start making a list of what furniture you've got. We'll see what it amounts. I made her an offer for the furniture. The following Monday, I went round to the cottage, and together with Mrs. Thomas, we got some of the stuff loaded up to move away. I was just walking out to the van when I noticed Mrs. Thomas speaking to her next-door neighbour. I couldn't help her when you were in. Oh, what's happened to her? Where is she? Oh, I don't know. But you must have seen her. I tell you, I don't know. Well, it's most unsatisfactory. If she's disappeared, you ought to go to the police about it. You ought to do something. At the time, but uh, that night, Mrs. Thomas came down to the rising sun. She looked a bit excited and borrowed a pound off the missus. The following day, I went round to collect the remainder of the furniture. Mrs. Thomas's next door neighbour, who had the key of the cottage, she locked the door and I couldn't get in. I sold Mrs. Thomas the money, or rather the deposit, and I didn't have a note of it. When I got back to the pub, I had a good look through the furniture and already collected it. In the wardrobe, I found a dress. And in the pocket was a letter signed by Mrs. Thomas. It was not the same handwriting as the Mrs. Thomas I knew. Kate Webster's impersonation had failed. Inspector Pierman, the officer in charge, immediately set to work. He went round to Mayfield Cottage, the residence which Mrs. Thomas alias Kate Webster, had so recently left. Sergeant, come over here. Yes, sir. Look at this copper. He's burning something. If I'm not very much mistaken, something human. The cottage was full of evidence that the bird had flown. Flown where? Kate Webster, who had been so ingenious in perpetrating a crime, had lost her nerve. She had gone to the one place where the police were sure to look, her home in Ireland. 
On the 28th of March, she was arrested there and brought back to London. focused upon the case. The horrible circumstances on which the body had been removed from the scene of the crime attracted the attention of newspapers and the public. Whilst the case against Kate Webster was already a ponderable one, another link was added when a fresh came forward. Now you will recall how Church, the publican of the Rising Sun, had first met Kate Webster in the company of a Mr. and Mrs. Porter and her son, William. This young man related how Kate Webster had used him to aid her in her flight to justice. Back. We had not seen her for several years until she came round to us that evening morning. She told us that she found us some money. She'd married a Mr. Thomas who was dead and had been left to us having much left together with all the furniture and everything. She said she was going to live with her parents in Scotland and wanted to sell the property. She asked Dad if she knew anybody who would be interested in buying it. Dad thought of Mr. Church. That's when we went round to see him. After left the rising sun, she asked Dad if I could go home with her and give her a hand with a trunk she wanted to lift. He said, all right, and so we went back together. It was a wooden box tied up with cord, and she told me that she wanted to get to Richmond Bridge to deliver to somebody who was buying it. Oh, she's here, isn't she? Well, we're flying now. Oh, I didn't know it was having this. Well, I didn't bother to go. We're at the bridge now. Where are you meeting, your friend? Just here. Bring the box over the shelf, though. That's it. There. Well, shall I, shall I wait here with you? No, you walk back. I'll catch up with you. I don't see anybody. Get off with you. All right. I'll walk on down the river. Come on. It was quite dark and I was a bit nervous. But I walked to the end of the bridge and stopped there. I waited a few seconds, and then I heard... I wondered what it was. And then a few seconds later, she comes up to me. Oh, there you are. I told you to walk on. I was nervous. What are you going to be nervous about? Nothing. What's happened to the box? I've given it to my friend. The one who's bought it. He must have come up quickly. Yes, he did. Now, don't stand here all night. You'll get along with it. And we'll think you were fighting over the dark. William Porter identified Wooden Case as the box which he had helped Kate Webb through the carriage of the bridge. The chain of evidence was complete. On the 2nd of July, 1879, at the Central Criminal Court in London, she was brought to trial. But this time, she put her nerve. Her defense was ingenious, but unsuccessful. Now, is any other person in custody for the murder? You ought to be. The innocent shouldn't step up for the guilty. I didn't kill Mrs. Thomas. It was Church who did it. Well, Miss Arden personated her. Then to get on money like I'd done before. I brought Church down to the house and it was he who killed her. He certainly helped him. I'm innocent. 
But her line fixed for another. Judge had been direct in his dealings with the police, and there was no reason to disbelieve it. Realizing that her original defense was leading nowhere, Kate changed her story once again. But by this time, the more she lied, the more her lies were apparent. Oh, I don't know. I admit I helped with the murder, but what the judge who really killed her? I helped cut up the body. It was understandable. She didn't. She'd come back from the service. We killed her then, the two of us. Let me laugh at her. I'll follow up the stories and she slipped and it. It was an accident. Lie upon lie, each contradicting the other, until at last even Kate Webster realized there was no hope. She was found guilty, I sentenced to death. On the eve of her execution, she confessed to the crime, but even then, the habit of lying had not entirely left her. In a signed statement, she said, I went up and then right in my anger and rage, I threw her from the top of the stairs to the ground floor. Never ever thought. I thought that she was seriously injured and I became angry that what had occurred. Lost all control of myself and to prevent her screaming and getting me into trouble. I caught her by the throat and then the struggle she was choked and I threw her on the floor. But if this story was true, the next-door neighbor would have heard at least some sound. No, Kate, right up to the last moment, lied and lied until she could lie no more. Well, that's the story of Kate Webster. The next time you see dust on the mantel, or you can't get anybody to scrub the front door step, don't complain of the servant problem. After all, there are worse things than having no servant at all. You might have one like Kate Webster. soon to tell you some more of the secrets of Scotland Yard. Meanwhile, there is live book saying goodbye and pleasant dreams.
$50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.